What is going on, guys? And welcome to episode 12 of the Listen Whilst You Step podcast. Again, we've got the man, the myth, the legend, Danny Blandon, on the podcast. And a super, super cool topic today and something which I think a lot of you are going to take a serious amount of value from. Um, what we're going to touch on is talking all about yo-yo dieting. We, both me and Danny, have um, definitely experienced some stuff with yo-yo dieting in the past. And I think anybody who's really taken their training and their nutrition seriously definitely has. And I definitely think you learn from it. The more times you cut, you bulk, or you just try and diet in general. So we want to try and give you some of our biggest takeaways that we've learned over the years when we've gone through these periods and how we've dealt with them so that you don't have to do it yourself. But at the time of recording this, we are in kind of a lockdown. It's like a lockdown, but not a lockdown in Jersey. Um, it's Christmas next week. So Danny, how are you finding training and things whilst uh, in lockdown? Yeah, it's pretty shit at the moment, isn't it? Gyms have been closed for what, 12 days, something like that. And it feels like it's been a lifetime. Yeah, man. You know, it's just like pull-ups, press-ups on the daily. Um, managed to get a hold of a 20 kilo bar, but that's about it, landing some bands. So oh, just keeping ticking over, really. Just banded RDLs all day. You know it, just one purple band over and over and over. You <laughs> can just see that snapping already. Oh, no, we've got horror stories. <laughs> um, have you found them kind of motivation without gyms now? I proper lost my head on the first day. But I told myself this time I'm going to actually focus on the food, not just go off the rails, eat what you want because gyms aren't open. Actually hit your protein or make that the biggest focus to hit what you normally hit or more just to make sure you're in a sound place ready to go for when gyms are open. Yeah. And don't just think, ah, oh, fuck it. Gyms are closed for a month. I'm not going to do anything. I actually start doing yoga, believe it or not, in the mornings. Oh. There's something different to work on. Do you actually go back to the gym? Slightly more mobile, just, yeah, fresh. Yeah, massively. I did a, um, a webinar for our clients and it was kind of talking about um, how we can use this as an opportunity. Like, instead of lockdown 2.0, it's opportunity 2.0. Um, so you can focus on those weaknesses. Like, you know, you've got really tight hips, you've got dodgy knees. Yeah, so I'm doing stretching, rolling on the daily, really, just trying to get fresh and 100% ready to go back. As soon as we go back January, we go on beard. We go on beard. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. So anyway, mate, let's kind of get into the main topic of today. It's going to be all about that yo-yo dieting. And just want to kick it off by kind of, let's just dive a little bit deeper, bud. What is your kind of experience with yo-yo dieting? So yeah, typically, it's not like so much of a yo-yo diet, but normally if I'm going to do a cut, you're similar to me, is your cut ready for a holiday? And then so you've gone hard, you've dug deep, you get to that holiday and you just go, yeah, fuck it, all inclusive, a week, two weeks, diet goes completely out the window, you come back at least five kilos heavier. And then that instantly kicks you into that yo-yo diet, so like straight away off the plane, you're like, right, I've got to pull this back. Then you go deep and then you just kind of start that cycle for a little bit. Or you've got the other side of it, it's safe, I don't know, if you're emotionally a bit all over the shop, you'll find yo-yo dieted and can start that way if your head's not properly 100% stable because eating's quite emotionally linked. Do you know what I mean? I done it at the start of this year. Went for a breakup. Body weight was fluctuating by five kilos each week. One week, I'd absolutely be bang on, steps, training. And then the following week, we'll just go fucking out the window. Ben and Jerry's, Domino's, you name it. 
got to a point my mum was like, what are you doing? She like closed, slammed the fridge on me. She's like, no, stop it. <laughs> that's, that's when you know it's getting out of hand when your mum's doing that to you. 100%, yeah. So yeah, more so emotionally linked, I think, and holiday linked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've been in exactly the same situation. I've always kind of cut for a holiday or something like that. You go on holiday, you let loose, and because you, the, way, the biggest way I can describe it is imagine your body like a sponge. And whilst you're cutting, you're literally just squeezing that sponge, squeezing that sponge, squeezing that sponge, just squeezing it dry. You go on holiday and just go, let go. It's going to soak up all that water and you're just yeah. going to blow up your prime. Your body just wants to store body fat. Whereas if you can kind of, maybe if you are cutting for a holiday, you can be ready four, six weeks earlier than your actual holiday. Then you can mm. slowly start to loosen that sponge and hopefully limit the amount of water that you actually do gain. But obviously, mm. you know what I mean? Just trying to make that pretty clear for people so they can understand it um but how do you reckon the yo-yo diet has affected your results in terms of strength physique and different things like that um well this year is probably yeah it's quite possibly the worst cut i've ever done in my life lost a lot of tissue a lot of size and mentally felt pretty fucking horrendous just felt skinny small weak like the entire time um Again, that was due to like emotional things. And then we just came out of lockdown. All the boys were like, we're just on the piss all the time. And trying to do that whilst cutting is obviously not optimal drinking. I know people like if it fits your macros, blah, blah, blah. But one thing I can say is starving yourself throughout the day on a Saturday. So you save a thousand calories to drink. Like I wouldn't just drink, it'd be like a whole bottle of vodka on that night. It wouldn't just be a few vodka lemonades. Do you know what I mean? Um, so saving, say, saving 1,500 calories for that night, dying through the day, booze hits you hard, and then you get like a Domino's takeaway that Saturday night. You're already at like, say you've done a bottle of vodka, Domino's, whatever. That's a good 3,500 calories right there. No amount of saving that through the day is going to do anything. And then the next day, you're either hanging and you're just inhaling crap, or you just don't eat. And then you're finding yourself, come the Monday, you've got, Monday to Friday to absolutely kill yourself into the ground. I was on like 17, 1800 calories for tw- like 12 weeks plus. Which is mad. For those of you who don't know Danny, Danny's like 5'11", 6 foot. And mm. we're probably like around the 90 kilo mark, 92, 93 kilo mark at that time. Yeah. I've got females who lose more cat <laughs> lose on that. I was, do- I was doing 10K steps a day. I was cycling 10K plus a day. It was horrendous and it just wasn't shifting just purely just from overdoing it at the weekends but due to the alcohol it's a hundred percent down to the alcohol i the tissue i lost was mental compared to other years yeah big time i think the other thing with the kind of yo-yo diet in front of it in terms of your results is if you're constantly yo-yoing you're not actually spending that much time in a surplus and um exactly i was probably spending four out of seven days in a deficit do you know what i mean then the others say if you go out on the Friday, you go out on the Saturday, that's two, three days there already where you're over. Yeah, 100%. You're probably actually eating into the deficit that you created. In terms yeah. Of, even in terms of like an, an off season, if you're trying to gain and you're constantly trying to get getting too heavy, getting too heavy, so it means you have to cut earlier. When we're talking mm. about trying to make the most lean gains, get the strongest we can, being in a calorie surplus is the most optimal environment, eating more calories than you need just by a very small amount. If we're eating way too much, we're getting too heavy, we're gaining too much body fat, then you're going to have to cut early. You can spend less time in that most the optimal environment 
Like me, me and Johnny spoke about this when we did um, our biggest mistakes on the podcast, and he was saying it was literally this thing getting too heavy, so we were spending next to nothing in an actual surplus. Yeah, you boys are doing six month cuts and all sorts, weren't you? Yeah, my my, my first my big big cut was six months, and I did like four months, one month off, two months, and stuff like that. Mm. Um, it's just not where you want to be. I think going kind of to the other side of it, like we kind of said, it really, really, really affects your men- like the mental side of things as well. Because when you're on it, you feel freaking incredible. You feel like you could like capture the world, mate. You feel so productive, mm-hmm. everything like that. But as soon as you slip off and you go, ah, oh, you go and yo-yo, you kind of binge or something like that. You feel so bad about it. You're having constant war in your head and it's just not healthy for you all the people around you, because it can really kind of rub off on the people around you. But had any experience with that? Well, yeah, mentally, I was a mess on that cut. I know I spoke to you about it. I spoke to Will about it. I was like, I got to the point towards the end of it. I was like, I think I could develop an eating disorder from this, just because the fluctuations were so extreme. It wasn't just a simple yo-yo. It was like thousands of calories difference. And then just weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks of doing that was starting to build it into almost a habit. Mm-hmm. of that yo-yo it wasn't you just doing it on a one-off going out once a month it was like a weekly thing for <laughs> months really yeah and yeah i felt mentally i felt horrendous felt horrendous in the gym the only time i'd end up in a cutoff is i go in with like three layers on like hoodie oversized t-shirt and a cutoff like i wouldn't be i wouldn't go in a cutoff just flat do you know what i mean because i felt tiny like tiny i can't describe head was shot yeah, and then that links into your confidence. And if you're not feeling so mm. confident, that links into all areas of your life, not just literally your physique and things like that. It's going to go family, relationships, friends, everything, professional. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's massively important that we do kind of give some people some like actionable takeaways that they can kind of run with into 2021 to make sure that they don't fall into the trap of yo-yo dieting like they may have in the past or like we have in the past and kind of teach them some of the stuff that we have both learned from this i'll kind of kick it off and i think one of the most important uh things is getting your head in the right place like you said but it's having a why everybody can say i want to get leaner i want to be able to get confident on the beach or whatever like that but why do you want to do it and if your why isn't in the right place then your motivations or motivation is always going to come and go but if you've got a strong why it's going to get you through when times start getting tough and you've got to be doing it for the right reasons. If you're doing it for the wrong reasons, like you've come out of breakup and you want to make a, a, an ex jealous, for example, or something like that, you're doing it for someone else. You need to do this shit for you massively, okay? Um, anything to say on that? Yeah, like you said, if you don't have your own reason for doing that cut or whatever, I didn't really have a reason to do it and say till like, what, three weeks before when we decided that shoot? So I wasn't taking it seriously. There'd be nothing to stop you from opening that cupboard, opening that freezer, having a Ben and Jerry's. Because what reason have you got? You haven't got that reason to hold yourself accountable for it. If your why is not strong enough, then you'll just lose it. Yeah. And the right why, that's the thing. Mm. I think having someone to talk talk to someone who's close to you and say, yeah, I want to do this. If they can be objective and tell you, why why the fuck do you want to do that? I think why... the word why is so underrated. <laughs> yeah. Anybody can say anything, but as soon as you ask why, it makes people actually think about it. Okay. Makes that thought process and it goes, oh, do I really actually want that? Because if the answer is no, then that's fine. Don't do it. 
But if the answer is yes, now you've got that drive, you've got that fire inside you to go and get after it. Um, what's another kind of good takeaway that people can go and action after they've kind of got a strong why behind the goal of wanting to go and get into the shape of their life? Um, I think having a plan to actually stick to and see you through. If you're just kind of winging it um, yourself, you kind of made up your own plan. Um, you're not really structured, say, weighing yourself once a week, tracking your food every now and then. You could have one dodgy weigh-in and you just go like off the rails. It could fluctuate by kilo, but really you're having six days out of that one with being lows. You just have that one high and that could throw you off mm-hmm. if you've got nothing to stick to it. And that having that plan there, say if you've got a coach, if you've got a friend that's made it, if you've made it yourself, it just keeps you accountable for sticking to that in the week. Yeah, it comes up, comes to kind of setting that big goal, which is I want to lose 10 kilos, for example. Then, right, break mm-hmm. it down. That means I need to lose half a kilo every week for the next 20 weeks. So I need to lose a kilo every week for the next 10 weeks. Now, what are the small little actionable points that you can do each day to get you towards that one kilo per week? Track your calories, nail your steps, get your workouts in. That makes it achievable. But without a plan in place, you don't know how you're going to get there. Okay, it's just about breaking it back, putting a plan in place, and then keeping yourself accountable to it. Um, kind of what you touched in with um, the kind of scales and things like that, seeing big fluctuations can definitely put people off. And, and as we both know, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners know, there's a million different things that can cause your body weight to fluctuate. Stress, what time you weighed yourself, if you've been to the toilet, if you trained the day before, if you're a female menstrual cycle, the list is literally endless. What's a good... Um, way for people to deal with kind of weight fluctuations on the scales and to monitor their progress in terms of their weight moving in the direction they want it to be i find the best way weigh yourself daily every single day don't skip a day if, i know sometimes you wake up you feel heavy you're like oh don't step on the scale today it might be a heavy weight do you know what i mean you're smiling you've done it i've done it sometimes you surprise yourself and it's sweet but take that first weekly average and compare it to the second weekly average don't just go off that one weigh in and then if your averages are holding then think about switching things up but if your averages are still dropping stay as it is and on and on that like when we're looking at those kind of weekly averages the kind of rate of loss that people should be looking at is actually a hell of a lot slower than what everyone thinks when you look at the tv and you see the biggest loser and they lose 17 pounds in a week and you're like oh my god yeah these people rebound like a motherfucker and they end up being critically obese again 12 weeks after yeah. and the kind of rate of loss that you want to be looking at is anywhere from 0.5 to 1.5 percent of your body weight okay mm-hmm. towards the start of your dieting phase you probably are going to be a little bit higher on that but towards the end you're probably going to be lower so if we average out we aim for one percent per week you're doing very, 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 very well. Yeah. Okay. So for me, if I'm 85 kilos, I'm going to be looking at losing about 0.85 kilos a week or anywhere from half a kilo to one kilo. That's me on a nice sustainable rate of loss that isn't going to dig me into a freaking hole and make me want to yo-yo quite so much. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and on that, just say on that first week, when you start that cut, I dropped quite a lot. Initially, I probably dropped two kilos in that first week due to a lot of it being water but then come that second week and it slows down don't get disheartened and think oh it slowed down realize that that first week is just your body getting into that rhythm losing that bit of excess water weight it's not that slowing down drastically and you've then got to drop calories yeah 100 100 percent. that first couple of weeks can literally be it can be water it can just be food, yeah. food, food volume you've literally got more like 
less food inside of you quite often as soon as people kind of go right i'm, I'm on a diet i'm gonna cry I'm, they drink more water as well so they actually flush more water mm -hmm. out um it, it, it's literally endless so yeah that's i mean that's a freaking awesome point um something else which i think is massively important is the kind of approach to the diet and in terms of the diet within the diet what's we've spoken about a sustainable approach are there any kind of takeaways that you've seen that have worked really well maybe in terms of like weekly calorie targets and borrowing lending calories or anything like that yeah borrowing lending calories is like i think that's the biggest one in order for you to fit it into your lifestyle okay. so then if you're not borrowing and saving calories you're very restricted say if you're only on 2000 calories and you're wanting to go out for a meal with your family or your friends that night and you're only saving it from that day, that's going to lead you into a very harsh day of eating. Fuck all, really. Whereas if you've taken, say, 100, 200 calories from leading up to the first, like, five days, that could give you, like, a 1,000 calories extra on that day, which is going to make it a lot easier for you to fit that in. Yeah, so that, that all comes down to kind of being a bit more proactive than reactive with things again. Mm. It comes into you, especially if you're in this kind of dieting phase or something like that, it comes down to planning, 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 planning. You fail to plan, you plan to fail. It sounds super cliche, but it's so freaking true. Um, just to kind of break that down for people, let's say, for example, you're on 2,000 calories a day, and that's you in a deficit. 2,000 calories a day, seven days a week, that's 14,000 calories for the week. As long as you hit that number, it doesn't really matter massively how you distribute those calories throughout the week, okay? Just be aware that it may cause that your day-to-day -day weigh ins to fluctuate a little bit if you've eaten a bit more on one day and things like that. That's why we focus on these weekly averages, okay? um if you're borrowing if you're borrowing and lending calories mate is there a kind of maximum um that you could give people a number that they kind of would borrow and lend um i'd probably say 10 percent of your daily so say you're on 2000 calories i wouldn't take more than 200 from a day otherwise you could you just end up a bit low really i find yeah. i think that um that then that is what leads into the binging if weekly calories are absolutely incredible, I put them, I would put, if I was to say one thing that's helped me get over any yo-yoing, I would put it down to weekly calorie targets. Um, and one other thing, which I'll touch on in a second. But if you borrow and lend too many, that sets you up to binge big time. So I think giving yourself kind of boundaries on that and rules that I don't borrow more than this um, is really, really, really freaking important. Because if you let yourself get too hungry, you're just setting yourself up to want to go and eat everything in sight. Likewise, if you borrow and lend too much to one day and you end up absolutely freaking rammed and you're stuffed, you look so full, you literally want to be sick. Like that's, you're probably overeating. And two, you just don't want to get used to that feeling because you're going to want to feel full all the time. Big time. Um, something else that I've done is actually using calorie ranges. Have you tried it? No, not as such. It's quite, it's I find it easier just to aim for a bang one number for me because I work shifts and things like that. It's easy for me to just stick to that and then prep it the day before, plan the day before, work out those exact calories rather than a range. I find I go off the rails a bit. Yeah. Um, something that we've done with a load of clients, like I said, I personally don't do it either with you because I just like to borrow and lend. Mm. Um, for people who just like a little bit more kind of consistency throughout the day but a degree of flexibility we've just given them like a a 10 percent kind of leeway each way 
and it probably normally nine times out of ten actually averages out so if you're on 2000 cows we say right as long as you land between 1900 2100 or 1800 2200 happy days because there's always days where we're hungrier we have a hungry day we have a day where we don't want quite so much mm-hmm. you have a day where you're hungrier and you're going i can only stick to 2000 calories you're just mentally draining yourself whereas if you give yourself yeah, it's, God, yeah it's going to stop people fixating on that number like sometimes you probably had it i've had it you have a client where they're like i've got 90 calories left what can i have it's like you don't have to have it just because you've got those set calories yeah it's like it's fine if you don't want anything to eat don't have it yeah or if you've got something that's 150 calories don't worry about it <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. kill you. those extra 50 calories um, yeah. yeah massively um you mentioned that you kind of plan your food out before you eat it has that been a bit a big game changer yeah so the day before i'll track and log all my food that i'm gonna have the next day the day before i have it especially if i'm going out or something and then you're planned you're set for the day if you've got your meals there you're going to stick to them you're going to eat them you're not going to go oh i'll just grab this from the shop or something it's going to make you 10 times more likely to have it you're not going to waste it for the sake of wasting it yeah 100 percent. i always say to people the reason you've got into the position you have is two reasons one you're shit at making decisions and two you don't know what's in food so you're not good at making decisions on the fly because you don't know what's in the food so how can we eliminate both of those we use my fitness pal and we track our food before we put it in our mouth that way the decisions making take taken out of it we know what's in food because my fitness pal tells us and that starts to give us an education around it and then we pre-plan so we take the decision making out of it because you might right i've got 500 cows left for dinner you go great i'm gonna have a i'm gonna have this small pizza it turns out the pizza's 800 calories oh no i've gone over like so many yeah. so many of us it, i'm gonna go like yeah. fuck it i'm gonna go really over yeah and then some people do that so it's about planning before because then you know what you've got to do okay so if you do want to have a meal out plan the meal out before then work the rest of your day back around it and just watch your results and your levels of adherence and consistency go from 20 30 percent to 80 90 100 percent because at the end of the day none of this matters if you don't stick to things all of these strategies that we've just kind of given you are all just adherent strategies it's literally that simple um last point i kind of want to cover mate is going to be something which i personally think i have massively massively neglected um over a few of my cuts and it's the plan after the plan or the diet after the diet um so like we kind of search on when we go on holiday that scrap it done okay i think people yo-yo because they don't they think once they've got to their goal they're done yeah that's the thing we did it i did it i did a huge rebound after we did our show do you know what i mean i went from i was eight i was 82 kilos flat i was like 83 84 like normal weight do you know what i mean and then because you dug so deep i had no plan for afterwards i just wanted to fucking eat some food because i buried myself and that comes back to yo-yoing and not having a structure leading up to that. Uh, I was doing 10,000 calories a day for three, three to five days and then doing 5,000 calories after that. I gained five kilos in three days and then it never dropped. It held. That wasn't water weight. That was solid weight. And that was partly down to not having a plan after it and also having no one to hold you accountable for that plan after it. Sure, I could have and I probably could have 
being strict with myself and stuck to set calories and reversed out of it. But that wasn't the headspace I was in. I was done with it. I was over it. Yeah, big time. So if you if you don't have a goal for after this, it's so easy just to lose track. And it might seem uh, a little bit difficult. You're, oh, I've worked so hard to get here. Just want to relax a little bit. But quite often, if you kind of give yourself an inch, you're, you're mentally, you want to take a mile. So it's about kind of, yeah, saying, right, great. We're going to go out. We're going to have... A meal out, we'll enjoy it, but tomorrow we're just going to kind of get a little bit more on track. We're going to open up maybe calorie ranges. We're going to give you a bit of structure, but this is the plan moving forward over the next four, eight, 12 weeks. This is the goal we want to achieve after the goal. Because I think mm -hmm. as soon as you think about loosening, you can loosen too much. But also, I think as soon as you think, oh, right, I'm done, just you're mentally fucked. You're mentally yeah. fucked. And then that's going to send you into a yo-yo itself. Life, do what I did. You gain five kilos in a few days that's going to catch up to in the mirror. That kind of took about a week or two, like in the mirror, scale weight stayed the same, but in the mirror, visually, it took about a week or two to actually load on. Do you know what I mean? And then that's going to send you into all, oh, maybe I should pull it back. Maybe I should try to drop those five kilos and then go again. Yeah. But then that's already leading you into going up and down. Yeah, 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 yeah. So make sure you get a plan after the plan. And I, I personally think, Reef, uh, refeed days and reverse diets are the way to go with that um, I know a lot of people question the kind of research on reverse diets and things like that mm -hmm. I don't know how much I believe in the research but from coaching a hell of a lot of people and you've done the same I've just seen it's a good way to slowly bring up calories and just slowly loosen loosen the kind of amount yeah of and it gives you that freedom without completely ruining it if you're adding on 100 calories each week after five weeks you've got an extra 500 calories it adds a lot of yeah, more flexibility to what you can do lifestyle-wise. Also teaches you how to maintain. Maintain's a freaking skill, man. Um, mm -hmm. Spoke about this with Sam and the, the journey of a transformation podcast. And it's the journey after journey and learning. Dieting's a skill. Gaining's a skill. Maintaining's a skill. If you've got to an awesome position, you've probably got the dieting skill down. But maintaining is a very, very difficult skill at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, mate, are there any other points that you reckon people could take a lot away from? Um, yeah, don't think less is more, whether you're cutting or if you're bulking. We've all done it. We, me and you tend to just commit, especially on a bulk. We've both done it, we've gone big and gone hard. Um, Simon at 102 kilos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to see our faces at 100 kegs. Um, yeah, don't go too hard. So we did that in that surplus. And then instantly, say if you get you've gone too hard in the first month, two months, you're then going to be looking at yourself in the mirror like, oh, maybe I should pull back a bit and get a bit fat now. So you will do that. You will do that mini cut and then you'll just go too hard again. And then that's not going to give you any sustainable progress dipping in and out of that every month or two months. Try and go slow, gradually gain weight. If you're bulking half percent, one percent a month, a lot slower than if you were doing a cut. Do you know what I mean? Quarter, quarter of the speed, literally. Mm -hmm. The rate of loss for for cutting do that over a month rather than a week is it yeah um i think that kind of comes back to being a bit more process orientated like it sounds super cliche again i've said that a lot um fall in love with the process rather than the result okay stop getting obsessed about the result that you want and think about what you're doing and just think about process 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 yes i get to train i get to see little wins each week Yes, I get to go and hit my, hit my steps and walk with some friends. I get to eat all this healthy food and kind of feel good. I feel productive and feel in a good place, okay? Um, right, just quick fire here, mate. Th your top three tips for people to overcome 
yo-yo dieting. Go. Put you on the spot. Um, have someone to support you that you can talk to if you're going to go off the rails or that is also doing the same goal that you're going to do. If you're going to start a 12-week cut, it's nice to have that friend or someone that can join you for that 12-week cut. You get your steps together, you talk about whatever struggles you're having, having etc. Um, have a plan set in place and have a date or a body weight goal in mind to finish that off. Otherwise, you're just going to go endless and endless and endless. Um, so whether that's a coach or just a set plan in general. And then the third one is have that why and that your head screwed on for it. Don't have, like, just came out of a breakup or whatever it might be because you're going to emotionally eat. Have your why set and, yeah, just be mentally prepped for it. Yeah, 100%. Love that, man. Just on the one thing in terms of kind of having, like, an end date or something in place, I freaking, mate, I think photo shoots are absolutely incredible for that. Um, yeah. I, I know you're going to put pressure on yourself for that because if you're going to turn up looking shit, you're going to be gutted about it. Yeah, man. It's, only, it's only on you. It's you to blame, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, that's, next level, that's next level accountability and, right, I need to dial it in for this date. Um, for the people out there... That's what's good of clients, I think, actually, having the, that end date, that final transformation photo as such. It's good for them to say, oh, I've got this in four weeks. Yeah. I need, to, I need to dial it in and just count those days down. Yeah. Yeah, for people who haven't done a photo shoot, it can seem like super posy, not something you want to do. Um, if you're serious about getting into shape and building your confidence and something like that, like I, I would recommend doing a photo shoot so much. Like From my perspective, I've actually got an Instagram post that went up over Christmas about this. And it was basically that moment that Ben, the photographer, turned his camera around and showed me the image that he'd taken, I didn't believe it was me. But all mm. my friends and family around me were like, yeah, that was you. Like, you've absolutely killed it. Like, a lot of the time, the mirror, the scales, all different metrics like that will play tricks on you. But the photos can really, really show you the truth and make you realize how freaking well you've done. Okay. Yeah, and I think it makes you, re I think it makes you and clients realize, say like three months after you finish that shoot, you're on your way up, doing lean bulk or whatever, you then look back on them and realise, oh shit, I was actually pretty fucking peeled. <laughs> Mate. Yeah. Uh, we've all done it. We've all had, we all do it on a cut. I had severe body dysmorphia this year. Do you know what I mean? People are like, you look good. I felt horrendous in my own body, in my own head. But then you look, I look back on them now, I'm like, actually, they're all right. Yeah. Whereas I looked at them when we did them, I was like, I look fucking horrendous. Yeah. With a, with a donut and a Domino's in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, thank you very much for coming on, mate. I'm sure we'll have you on a couple of future podcasts because you now are team aesthetic strength. Welcome to the team, brother. Um, thank so, you. Uh, thank you very much, guys. Um, honestly, really, really appreciate it. Any comments, questions, let us know. Also, if you could screenshot this podcast and drop it on your IG story, that'd be awesome. And I will catch you right up.